Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Kratos. And Kratos. We have a guest. (laughs) Do we ever have a guest today? Did you like the suspense, the long... That was a long gap. Okay, we are on part two of Meet the Other Half. Yeah. So, if you can put two and two together... This is my lovely wife... Adeline. Dean's wife, Adeline. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Dean, I really like how you have cameras pointing from this direction. Because this is my good side. I thought thought all your sides were good. (laughs) How would you know if that was your good side or not? Just you just know that or how your hair and from your hair. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's a thing, Dean. It's a thing. It's a thing with this women. Is this something that women just know? What's their best side? Based on your hairline, based on your hairline and the the arch of your skull, I'd say your best. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me I don't know what my best side is, and I might not be showing it right now. This is awesome because two weeks ago Nathan was here, and we've been looking forward to having you here. Mm-hmm. And thanks for making the time. So if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and or subscribe. That way you can get notified if a new podcast comes on. If. When. Not if, <laughs> but when. And it all helps to get the message out. And you could also share. And sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and also, we have a website, letsgoup.us, because we're in this together. And all the links are there in one spot. Super easy. Everything's there. Yeah. All right. All righty. So, so. On we go. I want to dive right in here. To Miss Adeline. Okay. Beautiful name, by the way. Thank you. Does it have a meaning? You know, some people pick a name because it means something, or is it just because it was so beautiful? No, it was my mom's middle name. Oh. They were going to call me actually Elfrida. That was my mom's first name. And my dad went, no. So I was named after her middle name. (laughs) All you've ever known is Adeline, though, so it's hard to picture her as anything else. There are some nicknames, though. Addie. Oh, yeah. There's also Spunky. Spunky. Well, you are Spunky. (laughs) Uh, Were you always Spunky? Let's go back, Adeline. Oh, to my childhood? Let's rewind and meet. Where did Adeline begin? I was born. Yes, (laughs) it sort of went like that. I was the youngest of three, so I have two older sisters. So I grew up in a Christian home, and both of my parents were actually musical. Have you ever seen Big Fat Greek Wedding? Oh, I love Big Fat Greek Wedding. Bull in the cake. (laughs) Bunt! (laughs) So instead of Greek, my dad was Russian and my mom was German. When I watched that movie, it was like, that's my family (laughs) if you just change it to German. Our mother spoke to us in German and we would answer in English. When my dad met my mom and they started uh, dating, he had to learn German to communicate with her. And then when they immigrated, they had to both learn English. So it was quite a journey for them. They met in Montreal, where all three of us were born. Then they go into Montreal, where they speak French. I think I was around seven years years old or so when French in Montreal, they Mm. made that switch over and that's all they would talk. And my dad was like, I cannot learn another language. We got to go (laughs) away. Too Um, much. Yeah, it was too much because that was a lot of languages. We were actually in a German Pentecostal church. My mom in particular, she was musical. She would write songs. She passed down music from her mother. I think she was an opera singer. Wow. Yeah. Your grandma was an opera singer, wasn't she? Apparently she was really good. There are stories in your family from her singing opera in the streets and people crying hearing her sing. Yeah. Unfortunately, by the time I was around, she was already quite old and I never really heard her sing. I'm starting to understand Adeline a little because Mm. 
You are a singer. I love singing. You are an amazing singer. It all started, I guess, with my mom pushing us three girls to sing. My mom's mantra. So she would talk to me in German and she would always say this, just serve the Lord. Oh. It's always serve the Lord, serve the Lord. And when you're really young, it's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, I you get know. it, mom. But now, like she was wise beyond her years and it was great advice. I just want to go yeah. back to one thing, okay? Yeah. I have a theory where she got her power voice oh, yes, from. yes, yes. Because one time when she was a little girl, she drank oh. turpentine. Yes. Okay, excuse me? And she screamed really loud. Yes. I got my stomach pumped. And I think that's yeah. when she got her volume. Oh, my. In those days, the vanities in the bathroom, they didn't have doors on them. It would be like a sink and then these two metal rods. Like they would put all kinds of chemicals out in the open. Mm -hmm. And I guess one day I went and I... This, this looks tasty. Time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess I must have drank some of it. It was before I was even five. But I remember my older sister Ruth saying, we rushed you all to the hospital. You were screaming so loud. You look like Jesus because you had little blood blisters. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Serve yeah, the Lord. I served the Lord. But it was a very sheltered upbringing. We never knew a babysitter. My dad worked uh, all the time. He was a watch, watch. Uh, repair guy. Yeah. yeah. His specialty was little tiny watches. And yeah, because I remember when I met you, all of these little boxes full of tiny, yes. tiny little tools. Yes. The smallest screwdrivers you've ever that. seen in your life. Yeah. Little suction things and things that you could yeah. blow air. And that was the moment you knew this woman, just for me. <laughs> that <laughs> Look is at it. these nope. tiny tools. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. That thing you put thing on your you put eye. eyeball, like, so yeah. that you can see really tiny mm -hmm. parts. And we didn't call them mom or dad. It was ma and pa. We sang from very, very young on. My mom would always push us into this. She wanted us to not just serve the Lord, but she always said, you know, I want you to do it with your whole heart. She would prepare us three girls really well, so we would practice. And I remember the cool thing was people would give me quarters. And so I could then go after the service to the candy store. <laughs> Let's That's not go where over it all started, yep. <laughs> So we sang a lot, and right before the three of us were going to do a um, Europe tour. Wait, you and your sisters yes. were doing a Europe tour? Well, yeah, we we would sing Canada-wide, and then we... Oh, yeah, um, no big deal. We would well, just travel the country and the, the world. <laughs> churches and stuff, and my mom would drive us everywhere. We had this red Volkswagen, and we had lots of opportunities. Wow. This missionary wanted us to go to Europe. And we were like, mm -hmm. so we're in. We're in. I've right? got my quarters. Yeah. That should be enough. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. Uh, the unfortunate thing is before that happened, my father passed away on Christmas Eve, actually, unexpectedly. He had a brain hemorrhage and nobody knew this was going to happen. But that really changed the trajectory. Wow. My mom had never worked. Like when you're that young, it does shape you I think you grow up a lot faster. We didn't have much family. My grandma was still alive and it was just us women, like no brothers. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it felt a little bit like my security had left because he was a breadwinner. He was a male figure and he was quite protective of us girls. I do remember that it, you know, pulled the rug out of everybody. And for years we couldn't talk about it. But the beautiful thing, like we still did that tour. There were so many cool things. I don't know if it's like that anymore, but in those days, families were really 
united. Everybody knew each other. It wasn't like you went to church and you just sang and then you left. Everybody was in everybody else's business. Maybe that was a German thing. I don't know. We would go over to people's houses. Like everybody, kids knew everybody. All our friendships, all from church. We spent all this time, youth group. And so it was that kind of a life that we had. The interesting thing that I'll never forget, I knew my mom hadn't worked. So wait a minute, like Pa's not here. Like, how are we going to eat? I already knew that at 12 years old. So it felt really scary. Yeah. I remember I had a journal. I would journal a lot. It kind of helped me to understand, like, but God was always in the picture. And I would speak to him. I grew really close to him because my earthly father had left and all I had left was my heavenly father. However, mm. the cool thing, a couple months before he died, my mom said, you know, Papa, maybe you should get your life insurance. So he got life insurance. The life insurance policy paid for the house. But I think that's the Lord telling my mom, like that thought in her head. So we always had that house, but food, like, hello. So the thing I'll never forget about our church community at the time was there were farmers, like we would get food brought from people from church for about a half a year Wow! until my oldest sister graduated. And then she went to work and supported the whole family. I remember Brother Schmidt coming and brought eggs. <laughs> That's how we survived. Yeah, that was a long story. I, w I didn't think I was going to get quite, into that. Quite life-shaping. Personally, it was hard. However, we did go on that Europe tour. Mom would always encourage us, and she was really great. I love that she took you there. Yes. Like her commitment to the Lord. Like the time when Dean told me, um, was it over a year ago, that I want to start a podcast. Like when he actually told me that, <laughs> I remember I was surprised that you wanted to do that. But I remember having a flashback to when I was five years old because my mother had a Christian radio segment that she would record every week. Wow. So here I am. I was not this kid that would sit still and I talked a lot. <laughs> Believe me. That hasn't changed. <laughs> Just saying. But Dean's um, like the quietest guy we know. And <laughs> I remember we would have to go into the studio and I'm telling you, it felt like forever i'd have to sit on a chair but but it was absolute torture so i remember having flashbacks and i was like okay you know like <laughs> that's where we're going <laughs> that's where we're going you know so hey okay. you remember this is gonna be absolute torture for people <laughs> for hey. five-year-olds <laughs> yes yeah actually it was it's not our target audience right. oh like oh, don't make any kids sit through this like <laughs> sometimes i think um about this pod show that you guys have going and she would have loved this she would have especially liked the sound effects, sound effects. oh she would have been all over that yes she would have loved she's it. probably actually watching from one of the corners <laughs> of this uh -huh. room right now yeah Elfrida. we just need to access Elfrida. the cloud of witnesses yeah. and have one That's on right. the show the cool thing is i remember her opening line for every show so it was a german christian radio broadcast and it was to youth and she would open it up like this, Liebe Jugend, hier spricht Schwester Friedel. So that would be, lovely youth, here is Sister Friedel. And then she would start talking about scripture and what God has actually told her that week, similar to what you guys are doing. Wow, so, I love so it. I have to tell you that before we go on, because somehow generations, eh? Mm. I didn't come up with this idea, but when Dean came up with this idea, I was like, I can't get away from it. This no. is <laughs> but the fruit that came out of it for my mother. So right? evidently, pod shows are not all that new. No. <laughs> what we're saying Sister Friedel was doing them yeah. way before. Yeah, she, she was, was doing this 70 years ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was amazing about Sister Friedel. I love it. Speaking of people who have podcasts on their hearts, <laughs> Dean. Yes. 
How did you meet Sister Friedel's beautiful daughter? How did this happen? Oh my goodness. Don't make anything up. Don't leave out any details. Well, it was the tiny tools. We know that. But <laughs> what happened? What led you to the tiny tools? <laughs> there was a lot that led me to the tiny tools. When I was 15 years old, we lived out in a small town, maybe about an hour and a half away from the big city, right? And we used to go into the city sometimes for church. This might happen maybe once every couple of months. And they'd recognize the country bumpkins That's right. coming through the door. Yep. <laughs> so one particular Sunday night, we decided to go into the city for church. We all got dressed up. We piled into the wood-paneled station wagon. Ooh, I like the story already. The Oldsmobile. Mm. The whole family. In we went, hour and a half drive to the big church in the big city. Got there, and we did not realize that on that particular evening, they were doing a musical production, which was just something random. But they were doing a production on the Azusa Street Revival. And so they had, you know, stage actors and songs and different things. And it was quite entertaining. It was pretty cool. And in the middle of the production, a young black lady got up and sang a song. It was The Comforters Come. It was an old... Um, Let's hear it. No, let's not hear it. One day. <laughs> it's an old song. Anyway, One day, I'm going to get you to sing a whole song on this show. Okay, carry on. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I tried really hard over Christmas. You did. The carols, that didn't work. You were persistent over Christmas. Okay, what was this song called again? The Comforter Has Come, all right? Okay. I remember this girl singing this song, and I was so buzzed by it. Hmm. No kidding. I went home that night, and I did my bedtime prayers. I knelt down beside my bed, and I prayed, 15 years old. God, someday I want to marry somebody just like that. No wow. kidding. All right. So then life went on, and I met Adeline several years later, and we were on a tour, like you said. We ended up touring in Europe, wasn't it? Spain. 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 Yeah. So that's where we met. And touring is always a fast track <laughs> as far as relationships go. Because you see each other every day. You're in a time. bus together, yeah. and we had no air conditioning in that big great oh, So you really got to know them. Yes. Oh, yeah. She tried to dump me a couple of times. That's not true. <laughs> it was the smell from no. the sweating. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't try to dump him. I didn't want to get married. We've, she knew she couldn't live without me. She didn't want to lead you on. Well, you kind of know when you're really hung up on somebody and you just, like you're touring and, you know, you don't want to settle down. And then I didn't mean to dump him that way. It just was getting too serious. Yeah. You're you too amazing. This has to end. <laughs> yes. It's sort of like that, actually. Yes. Let me tell you how I actually finally reeled her in. Okay. Let's yes. hear it. Oh, okay. that's all good, you single guys out there. Uh, except. <laughs> Turn this, it up. Okay. But this is so personal. I don't know, man. Like. Because Adeline and her two sisters, all three of them were there, and it was a missions trip, so we had to raise support. Yeah. Well, I was only one person coming from a rich farming community. I had no trouble raising my support. But the three of them, they only had one friend set. And so it was very difficult for them to raise support, and they didn't have very much money. In fact, they were downright broke, all right? Yeah, the quarters right. have all been used up. Absolutely. Someone needs to profess, right. give their life to the Lord. We need to find you know some the- German Pentecostal <laughs> church. We need more quarters. <laughs> you know the show, That's Two good. Broke Girls? <laughs> oh, yeah. There was Three, three Broke Girls. girls. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Adeline needed certain things, and I had money. I had um, one pair of shoes. I was getting blisters, and you saw that. Well, yeah. So I promised mm-hmm. her, when we get to Madrid, let's go and get you a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Amongst other things, because she was constantly borrowing money from me. 
There were some. I'll pay you back. That's what I said because I had a job. I'm, yeah. I'm defending myself. Yeah. I'm getting right. It'll, you'll get it. Just trust me. <laughs> right. So when we got to Madrid, I was going to take her shopping, but I couldn't because we had a really strange gig that night, okay? It was up a massive office tower. I'm talking this thing must have been 70 or 80 stories. It was huge. And an old building. It's an old building. Remember? An old building. And the elevator, <laughs> Cretus, the <laughs> elevator went so slow. Yeah. It was like, mm. <laughs> It took us all day to get our gear up to the top because yeah. we had to do multiple elevator was trips. Was there someone at the bottom turning a crank to get Probably. Probably. <laughs> it was so slow. All right. So obviously, I knew by the second hour that we were not going to go shopping. So I made the biggest mistake of my life. I gave her my wallet. I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to go, but here's my wallet. Go shopping and get what you need and get a new pair of shoes. All right. The rest of the day, Here's me taking equipment up and down the elevator. So then we get to the end of the day and she comes whistling back and she gives me my wallet and there's no money left in it. <laughs> like none. How, okay, can you say how much Focus you started with? Oh, Are we talking hundreds She here? spent several yeah. hundred dollars. <laughs> well, whatever was in the wallet. Hey, the thing is that I can explain <laughs> because I hadn't been shopping uh, for a really long time. And <laughs> I saw some really nice things. Okay, it was like having a shopping attack. Like I couldn't control myself. Because in Spain, the colors at that time, like the clothes were like so great, like multicolored and they're vibrant. and mm -hmm. Just escalates yeah. from there. You buy like it a did, nice shirt, but, but now our pants don't match. Okay, yeah, now we have the exactly. pants, but now our bags don't match. Yeah. Oh, but our and, bags and... But I did going. buy him a couple of pairs of, Ooh. they were called... Jesus pants. They were actually, the name brand was Jesus. An orange pair and a yellow pair. So you really can't complain, Dean. You got orange you and yes. yellow Jesus pants yes. out of the deal. But when I was walking back with the bags in my hand, it hit me like, <laughs> he didn't say I could spend. He just gave me, well, he's just for shoes. So I got the shoes too. Yeah. But it was hitting me what I had done. And so I was like, oh man, I hope he forgives me or whatever. But I was so happy. Yeah, and you probably looked amazing. Oh, yes. That night, <laughs> we looked fabulous. Okay, so what did you do when you get your empty wallet back oh. and your yellow and orange Jesus pants oh, in your so hand and the beautiful flamingo woman standing before That's you? exactly. <laughs> you've got it down. Like, yep. you're yeah, nailing we, the mental got, picture here. Yes. Yeah, we've got the visual. I should have known right then, right? <laughs> I feel like she set you up for marriage, though. Like, now you know what you're getting into. Like, there was no surprise when you got married. Yeah, well, she's spontaneous when she shops. You knew. Oh, yeah. From the get-go. I knew. Basically, <gasps> she had to marry me because she <laughs> owed me so, so much, much money. money. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So that's how I reeled her in. I'm just telling the story here. Please. Did you wear the yellow pants at your wedding? Uh, no. No. Did you ever wear them? Yes. Did he look amazing? Yes. Didn't you also have a mullet back then? Yes. So you oh, had the he mullet was... and the yellow and the orange pants. Or did you have a um, afro too? It was a combination afro mullet thing. <laughs> okay, but the thing was like his musicality. I mean, it was a lot to do with we had similar interests. Like we both wanted to do music. Like mm. that was. And you guys got married and you continue to do that. We did. 
Yes. For years. Yes. Yeah. Many years. And then you yeah. started working as a music pastor. Mm -hmm. And I remember, Dean, we were married, I think, two years. And one night, like we would reminisce about, remember that tour we did? We had so many memories and the lights are off and we're just talking about this. Mm -hmm. And then you started talking about your Oldsmobile. Like, remember that right. conversation? Yes. I started telling her, oh, yeah, you know, we used to go into town you know, into church and, oh yeah. And then there was this one time that we went and there was this production. And then I started telling her about the black girl that got up and sang this song because I knew that she was a gospel singer mm. and she loved gospel music. So I was telling her about this. And I said, what's the song? And you said, Comforters Come. I said, the Lily Knoll's Comforters Come song. He goes, yeah. And she's like, that was me singing that song. What? <laughs> All of a sudden it went deathly quiet. We just laid there. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> You're like, you do have a sound effect? I don't even have one for that. <laughs> That's a Mysterion. Mysterion, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a Mysterion. Like, I was shocked because what they had done was they put black paint, like, so it was all like my hands. I remember they made you look Because the way. person who originally sang this song yeah. at the Zuzu Revival yeah. was a black person. Everybody was dressed up and you couldn't tell. William Seymour was an African American and a lot of the people at Azusa Street were. Right. As well. Okay. Wow. Okay. So everybody was in so costume. Was everybody you. was in costume. Yeah. He prayed at his bed that night. Yes. Okay. That freaked both of us out. <laughs> I, I was like, that. God, I said somebody just uh -oh. like her. <laughs> I didn't say her. I meant somebody like her. I said somebody just like her. <laughs> just like her, but without the paint. That's funny. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Wow. Careful what you pray for. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So what we did, you worked as a music pastor up until four years ago. So like I'd be on a worship team, several churches that we were at. And the whole time I worked as a legal assistant in law firm, I've never changed. So what has that been like over the years, working in law with someone with such a passion for worship and serving the Lord with all your heart? Just serve the Lord. There we go. <laughs> There's things that I think drew me to having like a desk job. Like I love to sing. I was still doing that. Then it got to a point where once we got into our 30s, it was mostly a church. We were more settled in that way. And Dean got into renovating and we would flip houses and stuff like that. But I think one of the things when I was young, my whole life was centered around the church. So the work world exposed me for the first time, I guess, to people that don't know the Lord. And that experience has been really interesting. I mean, everything is hindsight, right? Because mm -hmm. when you're going through it, you're like, I can't wait. I don't have to do this anymore. And then you do it for a couple of years and I do like it. I find it interesting. But I remember I was in my mid thirties when I finally made peace with it because I realized that there were a lot of singers out there. So instead of maybe doing what some other people do is they either moved to Nashville or whatever, we made the decision that we liked being part of church. We liked being part of worship. Through the years, I found there are a lot of stresses when you're working in a law firm. And my stress relief would be singing. But then I would go back into that. And then it was a combination of, okay, you know, Lord, I want to shine my light. Then I'm in this environment. When I'm singing for the Lord, the presence that comes on you, there's no great, better feeling mm -hmm. than that. When you're leading worship or you're singing to the Lord, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Wow. Because I feel that was where my home is. You know, sometimes you go, oh, I should have moved to Nashville. But I go, no, like this is, 
what the Lord had planned for me all along took us through uh, the challenges of when my dad passed away and then all these wonderful experiences that we had, the memories, and then meeting Dean, you know, that night we're laying there and he's like, well, you prayed for me. (laughs) And then, you know, just uh, being able to minister in all these churches. I do have to say, we've had a life that would be the envy of a lot of people. We've traveled the world multiple times. We have done such amazing things. We've met amazing people all around the globe. We've had the opportunity to minister to thousands and thousands of people and we're not done and it still keeps coming. Like Mm -hmm. the father has blessed us. He's given us peace between the two of us and peace wherever we go. And he's allowed us to carry that into a lot of places. It's been a crazy ride. It's something that you don't understand when you first hook up. Yeah. You do not know where your life is going to take you. However, you know what? Let me say one thing about my lovely wife. You know, when you first meet somebody and you get to know them and then you get married, there's all kinds of things that you think are wonderful in that person. As you go on in life, certain things come and certain things go. But having been together as long as we have been, there's one thing that I have to say that I didn't anticipate. Drum roll. Okay. I am married to a person who is always happy. All right? So every morning she gets up and she's happy. She's got a smile on her face. And she goes around and she's humming and she's singing and she's happy. And everywhere she goes, she's happy. This is a constantly happy girl. She's bubbly and everywhere she goes, (laughs) she makes people happy. And the only way that she gets unhappy is if I drag her down. (laughs) (laughs) So my whole point of this is I would not have known when I was 20 years old and when we hooked up that my favorite thing about her would be that it's been a lifetime of happiness living with her. Mm. That's a blessing that you cannot understand until you've been with somebody for a lifetime. Wow. Crazy. Okay. We had our 40th wedding anniversary last year. Yeah, I was a years. child bride. Yeah, we, were <laughs> we were young when we got married. We were married. very young. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I most appreciate about you is, well, Cretus, you will know this because you're working with him every week. There's two people in the world that I go to when I don't understand the Bible. <laughs> His Dean and Bill Johnson, <laughs> those two. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the things I appreciate the most about you, Dean, is we have so many in-depth conversations about the Lord. Okay, when you're living with somebody, when they say something or they're talking about scripture or their life, they can't fake anything because you know who they are. Sometimes I'll sit in the living room and we'll talk about the Lord and there's actual times where he's not my husband and it's like I'm getting words straight from God through him. I marvel and I go, oh Lord, I know that's coming directly from you. So I'm not looking at the vessel, but like that happens so many times. And I didn't expect that in a mm. husband. I feel like it's such a gift. Yes. Being a child who's gone through a tragedy and lost a father. Yes. That you meet someone like Dean and how the Holy Spirit helps orchestrate it in such funny ways. <laughs> like even with the shopping, like, oh. like all those stories. I remember you telling me a few years ago, you know, being married to Dean, sometimes it feels like I'm married to Jesus. Yes. And you were just smiling as you say this, like... He'll go up and he'll just spend hours with God. You were just in awe, like at that relationship, and it encouraged you. And it provoked me to jealousy because he would have encounters with God. He has lots of dreams, but he has also open visions. And I'd be like, Lord, I want that too. 
like he has many and he journals them or whatever because he can't remember them because there's so many. And you, you see know? him seeking the Lord yes. with his whole heart. Yes. I've had um, two encounters that we're, were just, like... We're talking about you like you're not here. Yes. I know. <laughs> kind of watching from the outside here. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, oh, do they see me? Am I invisible at this moment? <laughs> I didn't really know how this conversation was going to go today, but that's interesting. He consistently has these God encounters. You know, me not so much, but a couple of times I really was surprised. I was very ill quite a number of years ago. I still have some health struggles I'm still working through, but I think this was in 2014 back when we came back from Maui. And I remember being like very sick, suffered with migraines and I was laying there, just had my eyes closed. And sometimes when you're really ill, you don't even have the energy to pray. That's why it's good when you have people around you, if you're in a community helping you through that, standing in the gap and praying for you. Really, really important. But I remember I was laying there and it was dark and I saw three angels to my left, three angels to my right. This one angel I could see, she looked sort of like a girl with a bob. A girl with a <laughs> yeah. bob? Yeah. And I remember when I had that encounter, every day I got a little bit better. That was really out of the box for me. I can still remember it now. I still can see it. So the interesting thing is that I think it was 2022. I got really ill again. I actually was off work for the first time. It was like, oh, here's migraines again. And I remember laying there and I thought, okay, I'm going to do what I did last time because you know what else you're going to do, right? Come on, angels. So, Come on, angels. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need do my, I called them. I called them my healing angels. And You I have went, to realize something. Ever since then, she would always talk about my six healing angels are here tonight. Yes. And then sometimes I would get sick and she was like, well, if you want, I'll have my healing angels coming. Only three were available today, yeah. so <laughs> can they rain check? Yeah. So she had a thing with these healing angels I after did. that. So then mm -hmm. when the migraines came back. Yeah. At first, I was super disappointed. We went down to Bethel, and I thought, okay, that's the end of it, right? So calling my healing I'm laying there. And instead of my angels, I look to the right, and I see Jesus coming. And he sits on my bed. He put his hand out. He held my right hand. He just said, I am here. I was like, you came for me. And it rocked my world. Let me tell you the next part of the story. I was somewhere else in the house. Yeah. It might have been like 10, 30 or 11 at night when I finally crawled into bed. And she was like, don't scare Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, okay, Jesus is here. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know that she was doing this, but she took his hand and she put it on my shoulder and immediately I knew that there was a hand touching me and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that Jesus had come to her. So there we were. Wow. Yeah. So Jesus evidently touched me too. The next morning I said to you, you know what? There was a hand on my shoulder last night. I said, night. no way. I said, like, I thought I was imagining it. I said, that's what I did. She that was so weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Adeline, um, sharing your Jesus with Dean. She shared her Jesus I with did. me. True love. She shared there you her go. Jesus, you know. It'd be hard to release that hand, but to put it, to share it. Even to this day, like when I'm struggling in any way, I still can feel the comfort. I lay down and I put my hand out and I still can feel him putting his hand there. It's something that's been with me, you know, for the last couple of years since this happened. And I'm skipping the healing angels coming straight to Jesus. <laughs> They're like, wow, when what are we, chopped liver? <laughs> but that's why I'm very careful with when you hear stories, like when you hear people or stories, it seems like that's kind of crazy. It could be the most precious thing and it could sound really wacky or whatever. So go easy on them, you know. I mean, I find it very difficult to put into words 
and to explain how his presence is what changes everything. You can't have that in religion. When you know the presence of the Lord, when you know your Savior, when you've walked with him, you have a relationship with him, you walked with him since you were a child, and he's walked with you through the happy times and the sad times and the times you were scared, like that solid rock that you have. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Adeline. Yes. Do you have a scripture that's been there yes. for you over the years yeah. or that really stands out to you? One of the things that you said is, what is the Lord, you know, speaking to you? I do want to say one thing for those who can see oh. from that camera angle. Oh, sorry. Look yes. at how many post-it hey, notes are I, in my Bible. <laughs> she single-handedly, single-handedly keeps keep them. post-it notes. Did you buy stocks in the in company, Adeline? I actually get them at Costco. In bulk. For your Bible? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Sticky notes. Two things about my wife. Post-it notes Kleenex? and toilet paper. Or Kleenex. <laughs> I know. Were I'm you bad. the start of the toilet paper fiasco <laughs> no. of 2022? I've been buying toilet paper in bulk for decades. <laughs> decades! <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine if people had gone on post-it note buying yes. fiasco like they did with the toilet paper? Yeah. You, that would have been so annoying for you. There's reasons, though, because some of these stickies are for when I want quick reference to mm-hmm. healing scriptures. Okay. That's why. But they're I, all green. How do you know? I read them all. Like that's, <laughs> that's why. Then I don't have to, like, search through my... Anyway. Okay, I love it. Okay. By my bedside, when I wasn't feeling good, I actually even got, it's a little angel, and it has Psalm 91 on it. And to this day, you know, I still, I read this constantly. Is there just one angel on the plaque? <laughs> yes, one. <laughs> not the six. No, not the six. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terrors of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midnight. A thousand may fall on your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of a wicked. If you make the Lord your most high, your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow. That was a mic drop. Bam. That just landed with a thud. That psalm has been a staple in our house. It's one that I have memorized as well. And what we've done, I think I've mentioned on Let's Go Up before, but we've actually put blood on our doorposts. On the front and the back, on the 
garage, everywhere you go. Yeah. And we claim in our house, it's a sickness-free zone. That's right. Anything that comes our way, we put it underneath the Word of God. We travel it under our feet. That's what we do in this house. One thing about Adeline is that she struggled with health, but she's also had a lot of breakthrough. I have, yeah. And so she packs a punch when it comes to praying for people and praying over sickness in people. She's pretty tenacious when it comes to laying her hands on sick people and releasing faith and seeing them recover. So (laughs) I thought tonight, maybe what we could do just to end this podcast, Adeline, is have you pray over our listeners Yes. just a prayer of health and safety, because there are obviously going to be a lot of people who might be struggling with health. Yeah, especially things like migraines and other chronic conditions. Father, we just come to you and we recognize your presence and we say that you are the healer, that you are our fortress and that you are mighty. If anybody is here from the sound of my voice is listening to this podcast and you're maybe in a place today where you don't have any faith, you certainly have no faith for healing, you have absolutely nothing left and you're at the bottom emotionally, physically, but you're listening to this. I just want to let you know that if you reach out, let people help you. Go to communities if there's maybe a church or you know a person, get someone to pray for you. Even pray on your own and just say, Lord, I need you. All you have to do is just ask for him. He'll meet you right where you are, right in the midst of pain that you're suffering. And when your mind isn't clear, all you need to do is reach out and just say, Jesus and he'll be there. It just takes a little bit of belief. That's in you. You just need to grab a hold of it. I just pray, Lord, for whoever's listening, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them clarity of mind. Father, that you would reveal yourself to them, that you would send angels if they're in the hospital, if they're at home, if they're in their car, wherever they are, Father, and that you would meet with them, and that your spirit would descend on them, and that you, the great healer, Jehovah Rapha, that you would do a miracle in their life, that you would guide them, and that you would protect them if they need medical help, Father, that you would send the right people their way, the right information their way, and Father, that you would just be with them throughout the process, and that you would just help them to restore health to them. And most of all, Father, that they would feel your presence right now, And so we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, dear, for coming on. (laughs) Thank you, darling. Thanks, Cretus. (laughs) All right. So, Cretus, that's where we're going to leave it today. So thanks for joining us today as we have met now both halves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We hope that you have an awesome week. So in the words of Moses, who wrote Psalm 91, you are my refuge and my place of safety. You are my God and I trust in you. Yes. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week. Goodbye. <laughs>